0: Hello and welcome to the Migrant Media Network Diaspora Gambia podcast series. MMN is a project by Agency for Open Culture and Critical Transformation funded by the German Foreign Office. The project provides young Africans, especially potential migrants, with reliable information through social media and training on migration issues in order to make informed decisions and be aware of safer migration options to Europe. I'm Sheriff Boyang Jr. and in this edition of the podcast series, we meet Mary, not her real name, leoed by her uncle into traveling to Lebanon with promises of a peace of mind and a better life, only to realize once in Lebanon that she was a victim of human trafficking.
1: I was trafficked when I was 16 years old. That was my first year in university. I was trafficked by my very own uncle.
0: June 2014, like most teenagers in urban Gambia, Marie had a life full of fun and hopes for the future. That teenage fun was interrupted when her uncle sold to her the idea of going to Lebanon for employment opportunities.
1: Well, my uncle came to me and told me that, okay, since you were being emotionally disturbed. I think this is the right opportunity for you to leave Gambia since like you don't want to stay with the family anymore. So there was this job opportunity he told me that was in Beirut that you were going to leave leave with a madame but obviously he is going to pay for my university and then I work for her in a hotel. That was the reason why I left.
0: This coincided with some family problems that Mary was battling.
1: I didn't go because of the lack of resources or something, because I came from a very comfortable family. I went because like it has to do physically with my mom's mental health and everything. It all started when my dad married a second wife, so I felt like it was affecting me a lot basically saying my mom not happy every day so i just wanted to change environment so when my uncle came with the idea i decided to embrace it so i went to talk to my mom about it she kicked against the idea but being her only child i was able to convince her to let me go but when i eventually told my dad about it he was the very person who signed my papers for me to go
0: that was enough for Mary to make up her mind without asking further questions She boarded the plane in the early hours of June 26, 2014, and flew more than 3,500 miles to Beirut in Lebanon.
1: When I arrived at the airport and all my documents were taken away from me, so we were locked in a room that was barely five meters long with different nationalities. We spend more than three weeks in that room waiting for a buyer to actually come and buy us.
0: The Gambia has been a source, transit point, and destination for trafficking in persons, according to the National Agency Against Trafficking in Persons, NATIP. Like other victims, Mary didn't realize that she was being trafficked for modern-day slavery, despite the confiscation of her passport, until the reality kicked in and there was nowhere to run to.
1: At first, I thought it was a joke when they told me that you have been sold. So I never believed that slavery do exist at the same time. So I took it as fun. I was busy laughing and doing all stuff. Till when I started spending weeks there, that was the time I realized that they were serious about it. So basically I spent more than 3 weeks in an office that was 5, five meters it was barely 5 meters long and it was a very horrible experience for me
0: One of the girls staying with Mary told her she was sold by human traffickers Now scared and confused she constantly stayed awake all night wondering what would happen to her the next day And finally the Lebanese masters and mistresses came to take part in the slave auction
1: well immediately after the three weeks all my documents were taken away from me so i waited for the buyer to come and eventually the madam came and then he came out and just called me out i went so she was busy touching my body to look to confirm whether i was strong enough to work for her or not so i went with her but with my eyes being tight because i didn't know exactly where i was going so we were driving it was about two hours long where we were going before we reached our destination finally we reached at her home he had a she had a husband that was mentally disturbed and a son that was also mentally disturbed but basically she brought me to Lebanon to take care of those two people she's a Lebanese gambian
0: the woman took Mary to a place called hamra a neighborhood in beirut where she laid down the house rules
1: well uh, my first horrible experience with her started when she told me that i have to make sure that i am the one who is responsible for his husband's butt i have to change his diapers because basically the husband could not do anything for himself so he could barely feed himself he was suffering from cancer so basically i do all his needs for him
0: marie would wake up at 6 a.m and would not even take a break unless the sick man slept she was by now convinced that her uncle knew what she was in Lebanon for.
1: I was not aware of it, but he is definitely aware of it. Because it's not the first time he is taking girls. He has taken different girls before me. So he knew eventually that this is what I will face when I go. But he desired not to tell me.
0: By the next three months in Lebanon, Mary was working under a full-blown slavery. And the woman, her boss, had ticked all the boxes of a slave owner characterized by cruelty and heartlessness
1: so it all started one fine day when he wake me up around 2 am and asked me to sleep with him so it was funny to me that a man who was old enough to be my father and could not take care of himself waking me at night and telling me that he wanted to sleep with me so i just looked at him and laughed but immediately that happened at night he started crying the wife would get up and start saying that i am the one who beat his husband so if i thought it is 2 a.m i have to start walking from 2 a.m to another 2 a.m to make it 24 hours then it started again when he asked me to warm the food on the microwave and the plate was so hot that he said, she said she wanted to use my back as a table. So I have to bend down for her to use my back as a table, which I did. So the plate was so hot on my back that I have to sleep a little bit. It fell down. She took the same plate and hit me on my back and I had a very deep cut about it.
0: With all the work and the constant pain and trauma, Mary had not received any salary from the woman.
1: So I stayed to work with that lady for almost a year and six months without salary. When I asked her, the only thing she tells me, ask your uncle. When I asked my uncle, she t- he told me that I give it to my your mom. When I asked my mom, my mom will tell me no. So I decided just to ignore everything because all I was saying is like going back home. So I decided just to ignore her and doesn't just walk.
0: But when you were with this woman and there was no escape route for you, you couldn't leave and escape and run or anything?
1: There was no escape route for me because my passport was taken away from me. So I had no access to my passport. And if I have to leave, I have to leave with my passport or else go to jail for it for three months before they could allow me to come back home. So I was running away from all that and I didn't want to reach out to my dad. Because uh, my dad is a very influential person in the Gambia, so I don't want to mention his name. So I wouldn't want to talk about him that much. So I decided not to reach out to my dad. I basically did did not even want to tell my mom what I was actually feeling or facing because I did not wanted her to feel the same way I was doing. So I decided to just bear the burden on myself and decided that okay, whatever come out of it, I have to face it.
0: It would later emerge that the woman's sick husband needed a kidney. On this fateful day, she asked Mary to accompany her to the hospital. She had a plan to do operation on Mary and remove her kidney. While at the hospital waiting for the woman to be done, Mary dozed off. And when she woke up, she felt different. She would later realize her left kidney was gone.
1: My left kidney was harvested and forcefully taken away from me without my consent for the husband. So that's... It was a very horrible experience for me because at that time I did not even know that there was something that was taken away from me. So I did not even bother. I knew I was operated. I knew there was something wrong with me, but I could not tell exactly this is what happened to me till I came back to Gambia and had different health complications and I have to go for different tests. That is the time I realized that my left kidney was not with me.
0: While recuperating at hospital, Mary managed to escape, but it wouldn't take long before the woman, her boss, would get her back to the house
1: yeah i stayed with her with all that i came out from the hospital uh, with the help of a philippine nurse who helped me to escape from the hospital but yet still my mother managed to find me and brought me back home with all the stitches and stuff she made me walk for her six months uh till the operation got septic that to the end that if you put your four fingers inside my stomach it will definitely go inside
0: even with one kidney removed marie's nightmares continued Fed up with the cruelties meted out to her, she stabbed her boss in self-defense, resulting to her arrest and imprisonment.
1: She stabbed me, and when she stabbed me, I took the knife and stabbed her back. So that was my crime. So I went to jail for one year, six months, and then after the six months, she brought me back home.
0: In jail, Mary was regularly beaten, and the guards made several attempts to sexually assault her. After the 18 months jail term, she escaped and ran away to a seaside. Through the help of a fisherman she met, she processed her documents and returned to the Gambia in April 2018. Mary took her uncle to court but later withdrew the case.
1: Well, to my uncle, I have nothing much to say to him because, like, I believe whatever happened. It happens for a reason. I still I am in very good terms with him. I did not press charges or do anything to him because I believe that maybe this is a way for me to learn lessons in the hard way or see the other side of God. So for him, he took it like he was sorry. He didn't know what exactly was going to happen to me. And I accepted his apology because I felt like, okay, it was a lesson I needed to learn. So for me, life goes on. So when we came back, we went to Natib and other To I was very mad when I came back eventually. So I decided to file the case to court. But... Two years later, Nati this push and pull and everything, I thought it was a waste of time, so I decided to withdraw from the case. There is
0: no accurate figure of how many Gambian women are trafficked to Lebanon and other countries in the Middle East. The U.S. State Department's 2020 trafficking in Persons report on the Gambia, however, saw that the government modestly increased anti-trafficking law enforcement efforts, but law enforcement overall remain inadequate. The 2007 Trafficking in Parsons report, as amended in 2010, criminalized sex trafficking and labor trafficking and prescribed penalties of 50 years to life imprisonment and a fine of between 50,000 Gambian dollars or 980 US dollars and 500,000 dollars or about 9,800 dollars. According to the US State Department report, The government reported 15 new investigations six sex trafficking cases and nine cases involving forced labor in domestic work in the middle east for the third consecutive year in 2020 the government did not convict any traffickers international organizations reported that official corruption including police officers requesting bribes to register trafficking complaints impeded law enforcement efforts. But in July this year, there were three convictions of human traffickers and migrant smugglers. All the three traffickers and smugglers were sentenced to 15 years in prison with fines. For Marie, a key to fighting human trafficking is advocacy. A reason she has been dedicating her time to tell her story and sensitize others about the traumatic impact of trafficking.
1: So I decided that, okay, whenever eventually I go back home, I will not stop. Oh, just keep quiet because I feel like keep quiet. I think people re- really need to know what exactly that is happening so I believe sharing my story if it can change somebody's life then I feel like my mission is accomplished so I decided to join the existing team and I am glad it was fruitful and I'm still doing it
0: and what message do you have for still people try to leo especially young people into going to countries such as Lebanon Yemen Kuwait etc what do you often tell people who might be enticed into making such treatment? in the name of employment
1: well what I always tell people is that I can never stop anyone from going the only thing I have to do is talk but I cannot force it in you but whatever you do I will make sure that I make sure that you know my story and I can always tell that there is no easy road to success you cannot even take a shortcut to it I believe if we can make it outside we can still make it in Gambia it's all about the determination and passion on what you do so I always say that uh Your story will never define the person you are. It's what you actually want to make out of it. That is the person you are. I always tell people that I refuse to be intimidated. I refuse for people to criticize me because you cannot put me down. Because I feel like we all have our root sides. But it depends on how and where we correct our mistakes and move on in life. So this message is just for young ladies out there. Let nobody deceive you that. There is a walk or something waiting for you in this Arabic country. It's not true. It's only either organ ha- harvesting is involved, prostitution and other menial jobs. That is the only thing involved there. There is nobody in this Arabic country who will tell you, I'm living a better life and you believe it. It's all lies. It's either they don't want to talk about it or behind, be beside. Because we are living in this culture of silence that you know, that does label you as a bad person whenever because of the discrimination and the stigma attached to it.
0: Thanks to activists like Mary, the Gambian government is redoubling its efforts against human trafficking. The U.S. Department of State's 2020 trafficking in-persons report placed the Gambia on the Tier 2 watch list. This means that although the government does not completely meet the minimum standards to eliminate trafficking, it is making meaningful efforts toward that effort. Among the failures, however, is that there is no formal witness protection policy and keeping victims' identities confidential doesn't seem to be a priority. As a result, many victims decide not to seek justice when they return home. That's it for this edition of the Migrant Media Network Diaspora Gambia podcast series. MMN is a project by Agency for Open Culture and Critical Transformation funded by the German Foreign Office. It provides young Africans, especially potential migrants, with reliable information through social media and training on migration issues in order to make informed decisions and be aware of safer migration options to Europe. From me, Serif Boyang Jr. and all my colleagues at MMN, thanks for listening and bye-bye.